Well, now that Noah Syndergaard and Michael Lorenzen are off the market, and with the free agent starting pitcher list, it's getting it's getting really thin. What are the Angels up to? Are they counting on in-house options? And speaking of in-house options, are they going to focus on Soto and Fletch and Squid at shortstop, or will Dansby be our guy? Listen, we have a lot of questions, so it's time to get locked on with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. Every show is free and available on all platforms like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And the best way to help us out is by giving us a rate and a review. And those watching on YouTube, make sure that you're subscribed and click that bell to be notified every time a new episode drops. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Lockdown Angels, where it's your team every single day and making us your first listen of the day like youtube watcher jonathan hello jonathan that's a good name by the way uh you've got the frisch brothers here with you aka the super halo bros my name is john and that's my brother mike and my name is mike and that's my brother john hey quick note we're going down to three episodes a week starting monday we'll probably do monday wednesday friday episodes that might move around just a little bit based on you know scheduling and holidays and all that stuff but we hope you'll join us for those three daily episodes those three times a week episodes starting next week mike We've got to talk about free agency. What are the Halos going to do next? And now we have the news that there's no more Thor, no more Loki, no more Biceps Lorenzen. What are we going to do? (laughs) I I really was disappointed, kind of disappointed when Noah signed with the Dodgers. I'm excited for him, but I was disappointed because it's always the person that goes through Tommy Tommy John it's always the second season hmm. that they actually start to really get good. Mm-hmm. And here's what's interesting about the Dodgers is they are a pitching factory, right? They have a way of just fixing everybody. And not that that Thor needs to be fixed, but now he's coming back after a year of pitching. And they're going to get him for, what, $7 million, $8 million less than what we paid for yes. last season. There's yes. some incentive built into that. I was I was really disappointed in that. The one that I actually was kind of surprised at is that we didn't get Michael Lorenzen. Mm-hmm. And I thought he would end up on our team and be that right-handed pitcher, maybe be our fifth starter mm-hmm. and have Jose Suarez be the sixth starter. Because it, it kind of made sense with the money and because we hadn't signed anybody. We'll get into what we think Perry is doing. But Johnny, let's talk about Noah's contract first of all, with the Dodgers. One year, $13 million. Mm-hmm. We paid $21 million last year. And as I mentioned, he's coming off his second season now after Tommy John. And so it it's normally good when they are got a year under their belt and he's comfortable again. And he didn't have a bad, bad year. No. But I think that now having that playoff experience and going to the World Series is going to be really beneficial for him as he comes to L.A. And he tweeted out a gif the other day of the somebody dude. Like fist, yes, fist pumping in the car. And so it <laughs> seems like he's really excited to be a Dodger. I was bummed. I was really bummed. Were you? I was bummed because that price tag of one year, $13 million, is what we got Tyler Anderson for. And... Noah Syndergaard was better with the Halos last year than he was with the Phillies. He had more of a swingman role with the Phillies rather than a straight-up starting pitcher, and I'm sure that's what he is looking for, obviously, and he's going to get that in L.A. And we paid $21 million last year because the qualifying offer was $19.5 million. So we kind of had to 
go above what that offer was in order to right. to get him. And so for him to have a, a $13 million deal, that came in way less than I thought he would get, especially considering he was $21 million last season. That was my only hesitation about bringing him back was, eh, if you're going to spend that much money, you could easily get another starter who's a little bit more solid. But not that Syndergaard isn't solid at all. In fact, he's really come into his own as a sinker ball pitcher. Here's what drives me nuts, Mike. Immediately after the signing of the Dodgers of Noah Syndergaard, they're talking about how great he was last season when yeah. all we got was, oh, <laughs> yeah. what a terrible decision the the Angels made to sign Syndergaard. Right. And now all of a sudden, oh, what a great decision it was to sign Syndergaard. So that kind of stuff drives me nuts. It just shows the bias toward the angels and you know what let people sleep on the angels and the pitching that they have because yeah. the more people talk about us the worse it seems to get for us i'm talking to you jeff passan for shouting <laughs> out the angels last season and then we went yeah. on our tailspin right yeah for 13 million dollars the same price that tyler anderson is i think would have been a great fit for the angels let's talk about michael lorenzen and his deal he got with the detroit tigers one year Eight and a half million. Now we we paid six point seven five million last year for him, and that's because he was coming out of the bullpen and and being a starter for the first time in years. He had only been a reliever for several years with Cincinnati, and so to have him be a starter that was kind of taking on a risk. But when he was healthy last season, I know he had a shoulder issue. He was a great innings eater, and he showed yep. some really great potential. He had a couple of games. We would come out of the gate a little rocky and then cruise to the end of the game. He had some eight inning games sometimes, and that's what you want out of a starter. And even though he did get hit around a little bit in, in some of the early parts of the game, I really think he brought a lot to the table. And if he was going to be the fifth man, the sixth man, whatever that might look like in this rotation, that would have been a perfect fit. I know he costs a little bit more, but uh, it's still eight and a half million is very affordable for for biceps Lorenzen. I'm gonna miss those biceps on the mound, I Mike. I know. That guy's got arms. He's not just got one pitching arm. He's got two huge arms. <laughs> the question I was wrestling with, John, when I saw both of these signings is so what does this mean for the Halos? And I'm writing in between this tension. And so I'm gonna need you to help resolve the tension. Here's here's okay. what I'm thinking, here's what I'm feeling. Are are the Angels by not signing Lorenzen and Syndergaard is this an indication that they aren't settling for what was? Hmm. That they're not, they're not just trying to get a bunch of arms to mine the gap, fill the gap until next year or until midseason? Mm-hmm. Is this a sign that that's what they're doing? Or do you think the Angels have been priced out and are probably all done making moves? I'm, 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 I'm writing that tension and I need you to resolve it. So give me some wisdom here. Something that sticks out to me is the fact that Lorenzen wanted to be back in Anaheim. I think that was a big... Plus for him, that was something that he really wanted. So I'm surprised that a deal didn't get done with Lorenzen. But that also indicates that maybe the Angels didn't want to go the route that they've already been down before. Yeah. You mentioned this a few weeks ago, that you were pleased that we weren't going down the same route in bringing back guys who have been here before and helped us out and things like that. And we're taking a new path with the acquisitions of Urshela and Renfro and Tyler Anderson. But then that kind of seems it. And those mm. are kind of the biggest splashes that we've made. We made them early. Yeah. But now it's been a long period of waiting and wondering, are they waiting to make a, a big move here? Or are they rubbing up against the luxury tax threshold and starting to get hesitant in terms of spending money? Because out of the gate, it looked like that Perry Manassian had all the authority to 
go out and get who he needed to get. And he even made that claim as early as and recent as last week. So I just don't think that we're done. I don't think that this is the end. I know it's been a while since we've had a move. I know Carlos Estevez was kind of the last big name that we signed, and he was just a bullpen piece. Mike, there's still work to be done. And if if the Angels want to run out there with Shohei Otani in his last year of his contract, if they want any hope of keeping him around, they got to make some more moves. They got to make a big splash. And I, I know everybody wants shortstop. I honestly, at this point, I'll take another starting pitcher. I'll hmm. take another shortstop. We have to improve this team further because the ability to do so is still on the table. And I don't see why you wouldn't continue to make good moves to make this team great in 2023. We're coming up on Locked on Angels with all of the pitchers getting signed. We're going to take a look at the free agents that are left over and if the Angels should consider, maybe take a flyer, even sign one of those guys. Locked on Angels today is brought to you by Built Bar. And if we could just pause for a moment, I want to tell you about Built Bar's new reimagined flavors, cookie dough topper, coconut brownie bar, coconut brownie topper, and white chocolate peppermint granola. Built got creative and they're sharing that creativity with you. John, have you heard? Are we going to get any of these samples? Because Built Bar has been so good to us giving us the samples. Uh, Built Bar, we know you're listening. So um, it's Mike Frisch, John Frisch, uh, care of Locked on Angels. Please Please send it to us. These Built Bars are actually really, really good and you're going to enjoy them. They're bars, they're puffs, they're granola bars, and they're delicious. They're more filling. Plus, they really taste great. And because it's Christmas time, they've also created, because they love us, the Candy Cane Brownie Puff. So anyone who hasn't tried a Built Bar before, they are literally the best tasting protein bars out there. 100% real chocolate, 17 grams of protein, low sugar, only 130 calories. Just sink your teeth into the first bite and it'll change your life forever. There's going to be a time, Johnny, when our listeners and watchers will bite into these Built Bars and they're going to go, oh, there was a time before Built Bars and then there was a time after Built Bars because they are just that good. And if you can't decide on what you want, order a mix box so you can experience all of the great flavors all at the same time. And here's how you can do it. Go to Built.com, use our promo code LOCKEDON15. You get 15% off of your order as soon as you put that in. Again, 15% off of your order by using our promo code LOCKEDON15 at Built.com. Built, you got to try this. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen today. And for your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. Look, we know that you are probably a fan of many teams across many sports. And we love that you're here listening to Locked On Angels, watching Locked On Angels. But if you want a 22-minute recap of all the biggest stories in sports, you can go behind the scenes and get insights that only Locked On's local experts can provide. So go and check out Locked On Sports today. It's available on this app. YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. The Angels were the first team out of the gate in the offseason to sign people and trade for people, and we were excited, and now they haven't done much, and I think maybe we're kind of leaning in that direction of, what have you done for me lately, right? And so we really feel like there is a couple of moves that the Angels need to make. There are a couple of moves away.
away from really being a complete full team. Perry Manassian has talked about how they're building the middle of the roster, not Mm -hmm. the top of the roster anymore, which I think is brilliant, I think is wise, which is why it might be brilliant and wise to actually go after a starting pitcher. And Mm. the starting pitchers that are free agents are starting to get signed, and that list is getting smaller and smaller. So, Johnny, you and I took some random names off the list. We we left some names off of our list because we're like, there's no way that they're going to end up with the Angels, nor do we want them. But here's some names that are out there right now that could be somebody that Perry could go and get. The first name is Nathan Eovaldi. Track says that he has a market value of $17 million. The one Mm -hmm. caveat to Nathan is that he has a qualifying offer tied to Mm -hmm. him. So we would lose a draft pick, and we already are going to lose a draft pick, right, with Tyler Anderson? That's right. That's right, with Tyler Tyler Anderson. Anderson had a qualifying offer with him, so we will lose a pick out. Yeah. For that one. Yeah, Nathan Eovaldi would be a great addition to the rotation. I don't know if we want to go losing another draft pick, but you almost kind of have to weigh, all right, do we win in 2023 or yeah. do we bank on a draft pick next season that mm-hmm. we might miss out on, right? And right. who isn't going to help us out for a couple of years? Right. Oh, man. I. <laughs> it's not my money. It's not my <laughs> draft pick. Like, yeah. I, I say not go my for job. it, but Yeah. <laughs> Johnny, if, you, if you're thinking about that for a moment, like if we let, let's talk about Ivaldi for a minute. Like if we need another right-handed pitcher, and he obviously has had some good seasons, he's a strong, strong pitcher, can miss a lot of bats. Would you be willing to give up that draft pick and, and, and go and get him? It's worth it. It's worth it. We have to win in 2023. We yeah. can't keep playing this game of, oh, let's hope these guys pan out. Let's hope that, you know, Rob Steineman from – West Covina High School like is going to pan out for us in 2028 like I don't want to do that anymore that was good Rob Steineman (laughs) the classic wonderful high school superstar Rob Steineman (laughs) Steineman. (laughs) that's good I I think you got to go for it Mike I think Ivaldi is somebody that could really help out this rotation and is much more of a sure thing than say like a Jose Suarez or yeah. even some of the in-house options that we have. Let's keep talking about our our free agent list here. Michael Waka, who's got a market value of twelve million, somebody that I thought would be a great move and could really help out this rotation. Uh, when we did our GM episodes, he was somebody that I thought had a very under the radar good year. I know the underlying numbers were not great in terms of sure. what you might want out of somebody, but. As a middle-of-the-rotation guy who had results last season, sign him up. I think mm. that he's a great option. And then there's Jordan Lyles, who went 12-11 and 11 last season, a, a 4.43 ERA. He's got a 9.8 million market value. Yeah. That's also a, a, an interesting option. I know the ERA is not great, but I think put him with this team behind him, the Angel team behind him, I think, that he would make a great option. What about like Zach Greinke? What do you think about that? I don't know if I like Zach Greinke just because he's getting older and it seems like he's shifted into uh, Jared Weaver mode Ding. Um, at the end of his career, right? Like Jared Weaver. Very hard. No, he was throwing 89, maybe maybe 88 tops. And then he had that curveball that would kind of loop in there and batters were figuring him out. And it feels mm-hmm. like Greinke, feels like batters are figuring him out. And so I don't know if he would be a great option, but we can't we can't forget about what we have in house as well. Right. And we have a, a mutual friend that that tweeted at us when Lorenzen and Cindergard were both signed, and he said, "What about Griffin Canning?" And I wonder mm-hmm. 
if they're really counting on Griffin Canning to be the sixth starter, they can skip some of his starts because with days off and they want to do five-man rotation with those days off so Shohei can get more starts. It might actually be worthwhile. And I know that we haven't seen the Griffin Canning that we're hoping to see, but Johnny, he could be a really good option. I know that he's supposed to be healthy. And then there was a really great article in The Athletic from Sam Blum about Chris Rodriguez. Now, I think Rodriguez mm-hmm. will be more of a bullpen guy than a starter. Yeah. I think they're going to ease him into that. But remember, he's coming back too. And so what about what about Canning? Is he an option for you? In your mind, do you think that you would be comfortable with that? Or is there other names that you think would be great in out, in-house options that are better than Griffin? Here's what I think is the advantage of that number six spot in the rotation. Last year, we saw a lot of pitchers kind of come in and out of that spot. We saw Silseth in there. We saw Tuki Toussaint in there, yeah. and then they gave it to Tucker Davidson at the end of the season. I don't want to see, okay, other than Silseth, I don't want to see a Tucker Davidson type or a Tuki Toussaint type in right. that spot. Now, right. we did that out of necessity. We did that because we really needed somebody to pitch these games, and we weren't going anywhere. But now you have the advantage of possibly putting Griffin Canning in there. Chase Silseth can have a, a start in that sixth spot. Maybe even Kai Bush could yeah. come up and and pitch that spot. I think you have a lot of options. You have a lot of interesting prospects and players to put into that sixth spot. And maybe they don't get every sixth day, especially if there's a start that's going to be skipped uh, with a day off in there so that Shohei can get more time. I just think that if you're going to not sign another player and you're going to have these in-house options... Like mix and match a little bit, test mm. some of these guys out, see how they would handle a start and see. And I know that they need consistency, but I think that if you want to test the waters with some of these guys, especially who we've got in double A, like they did with Silseth last year, who I think will be a huge improvement over last year. I know that he came up and pitched pretty well. It didn't seem like he could get through the order a third time, but after having all that experience in double A that he had last season, I think he's ready to come back up and, and do some work. And I'd love to see Kai Bush too. So yeah, I, I, I am not uncomfortable with having Griffin Canning as the sixth starter. As long as he's healthy and capable, I would love to see him go out there because he can be a stud and he's got the stuff to show that he can be a stud. He just struggled. And I think it has to do with age. It has, it has to do with experience but maybe mix and match that six spot hmm. a little bit. I don't know. What do you hmm. think about that? I think it's a great idea. And I think that because these guys really struggled like Silseth last year, they struggled with the third time through the lineup. It might mm-hmm. be wise to have somebody like Tucker Davidson in the bullpen. And I after like four yeah. innings, five innings, if they can get there, then you bring Tucker in for maybe two or three, right? And you back him with Jaime Berea. Yeah. And I think that then you have, you have some sort of strategy, some sort of plan. I think with Silseth, team started to figure him out so as you are developing him maybe he's not starting every sixth day maybe it is Mm -hmm. somebody like Griffin Canning that comes in and and then you have Davidson and Jaime Berea that back them up I think what we have as Angel fans is past trauma (laughs) where we're we're looking we're looking at the team and we're going well maybe they're just going to settle for this guy or maybe they're just going to settle for that guy but then Perry has shown us at the beginning of this offseason that they're not settling at all and so Mm -hmm. it's hard to talk about this stuff without going, well, I guess it's just going to be this with this kind of cloud over us and Perry making all the moves and doing what he did early on. 
that perhaps mm-hmm. maybe there is something else in the works. But as of right now, if if we were just going to sit with a rotation that we have, I think the best option would be like a Griffin Canning or a Chase Silseth. Maybe Chase over Griffin because Chase has had some experience, had a great double A season. And then when he came up, he had a couple of really great starts and he might be the option. I think that he's going to end up being somebody that's really going to be a strong starter for us or a piece that we could trade away. Hey, Locked on Angels is brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Administration. Look, it's the holiday season and you're hanging out with friends and family and you're having some drinks, but sometimes a few drinks becomes a few too many. And as an evening comes to an end, you might think about driving yourself home and you might think, what's the worst that could happen? But look, the truth is everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk, but the results are often tragic and deadly, but that doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel and under the influence. So that's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you have a few drinks, think again before you get behind the wheel of a car. You have tons of options. You can take a cab, you can take an Uber, you can take a Lyft. There's no excuse, no reason to get behind the wheel of a car while impaired. So play it safe, plan ahead, get a ride, It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. This holiday season, drive sober or get pulled over. John, earlier in the show, you mentioned Dansby Swanson. And so that's the question that we're wrestling with in this segment is what about Dansby? Is he going to come in our direction? Is he going to be an angel or is it going to be somebody like the Chicago Cubs who are interested? Or even I saw a tweet yesterday, the Boston Red Sox are interested. And then Ben Verlander, (laughs) Ben Verlander tweeted back and said, yeah, they need a shortstop, man. Wouldn't it be great if they got somebody like Xander Bogarts? Too bad he signed somewhere else, you know? And so, Hey, look, if, if, if the Cubs are in on Dansby, then I'll take Nico Horner any day of the week. I'll, I'll, I'll put my Cubs hat on right now <laughs> and if we get Nico Horner yeah. because I would take that in a heartbeat. Yeah, heartbeat. Nico's Nico's stats were very similar to Dansby when it came to like defensive run saved and OPS. Uh, the only thing that's going to be dramatically different is his salary. He made 775000 last year, and Dansby's mm-hmm. probably going to make near what these other shortstops are making, like Trey Turner signed for $27 million a year. Correa's around $27 million a year. Bogarts is around $25 a year. And I think that Dansby is probably going to get at least, at least $20 million a year. One of the thoughts out there was uh, eight years, maybe $200 million plus. Mm. And so it's going to be a big contract. But do you think we're getting Dansby? Or do you think that we have been priced out of the Dansby sweepstakes? I don't know that we've been priced out. I think that all of this silence indicates that Perry Manassian is working behind the scenes, trying to work out some kind of deal. And you've said it many times on the show, Mike, you think that the big moves are going to happen through trading the pieces that we have. And we actually have pieces for the first time in a long time because pitching is a premium, as we've seen with some of these contracts. And the Angels have a lot of it. And it might take a Kai Bush type to get us the kind of player that we would want to secure the middle infield. I know people have clamored for us to work out a deal with like Cincinnati for one of their uh, shortstop middle infield options. And I still think Ahmed Rosario is a great option because Agreed. he's got a year left on his deal and Cleveland's not going to want to pay him. And Cleveland could use him this season, but 
they also have some interesting depth up the middle infield as well that they might want to get a look at. With Dansby Swanson, I, I would love to see him become an angel, but I also haven't seen any tweets or rumors about the angels being tied to him other than earlier in the offseason when they made that Atlanta connection with Perry Manassian. But I, I, it really is a big question mark. I think the Cubs are often cited for Dansby because Swanson's wife plays for a soccer team yeah. in Chicago. So people automatically make that connection. But I'm like, yeah, when has uh, the location of a team ever stopped a player from playing right. there? <laughs> like, Dansby really likes the sun, so Southern California right. seems to fit. Right? <laughs> I love the connections that people make. It's hilarious. That's never stopped anybody from playing in one place or another. I yeah. mean, that's somebody else's team or location doesn't really influence that. Sure. They figure it out. They they're they're adults. They can figure it out. Dansby, I think, Mike, is gonna get a minimum of twenty three million. Okay. I look at what the rest of these guys have received and I know that they are long contracts, but with Dansby, I think whoever signs him, I mean, he's the youngest out of all of them. Mm. And so he could certainly get the most years out of all of those guys who signed. But there's another question and it's funny because I see fifty percent Halo fans that are okay with in-house options and 50% that are like, come on, how could we have David Fletcher be our opening day shortstop? And I think I understand both sides. I'll start with the side who's upset with the idea of having Fletch or Levon Soto or somebody else playing shortstop opening day. And the reason why they're upset is because there are a lot of great options out there. And there were a lot of great options out there. And the fact that the Angels have missed out on some of those options. Turner, Correa, Bogarts. Well, they're not going to give out any more 10-plus year deals after what they've been through. And to make a trade, I th- still think is on the table. To get Dansby Swanson, I still think is on the table. So I don't think we're out of options yet. And yes, I think that if you secure somebody like a Dansby Swanson or an Ahmed Rosario, you're in a much better position to win this season than having David Fletcher play at shortstop. However, people look at David Fletcher's stats and they say, well, he doesn't slug. All he does is not strike out. And and all he does is this. He has a good glove and he doesn't strike out. And I posted something on, on Locked on Angels Twitter a couple, uh, maybe like a week and a half ago. This stretch of 56 games is from 2021 when we didn't have Anthony Rendon. We didn't have Mike Trout. We were suffering for offense And David Fletcher had a 56-game stretch where he had 242 plate appearances. He had 80 hits, 34 runs, 17 doubles, Mm. one triple, and two home runs. Those are the two that came in Seattle against the Mariners. I remember that. 22 RBIs, 10 walks, and 19 strikeouts. A 351 batting average, a 381 on base percentage, 461 slugging, and an 841 OPS. Mind you, 800 is about average. Yeah. And his BABIP, batting average on balls in play, 377. Dang. And everyone says, well, that's just a small sample size of what David Fletcher's done. Look at the rest of his career. When I'm, But I point to that stretch of 56 games because that's the David Fletcher you get when you're healthy. That's a David Fletcher who did that without Trout and Rendon in the lineup. Imagine what he can do when he's not the guy carrying the weight of the team on his shoulders, other than Otani and Walsh, who were also really good during that stretch. David Fletcher is not your home run hitter. And and I don't know why people get so obsessed with the idea of 
this guy needs to slug, this guy needs to come in and, and hit home runs. When has a shortstop ever been a 30-plus home run hitter, <laughs> like, other than maybe Carlos Correa, who really hasn't gotten to 30 in a couple of seasons, and and you look at a guy like Trey Turner, he's all about speed. You look at you look at David Fletcher, he's all about the glove, and he's all about getting those singles and those hits, moving runners over, hitting runners in with runners in scoring position. I don't think we're going to be up a creek without a paddle if David Fletcher is the opening day shortstop. And I understand we probably should have gone out and got a better option that's going to make you even better than you would be with David Fletcher at short. However, it's not the end of the world if he ends up being the opening day shortstop. What do you think? Do they need somebody else? Do they plug in David Fletcher? What do you think? John, it's not going to be the end of the world if Levon Soto is the opening huh. day shortstop. I think that we did have a really small sample size of Levon Soto, but what he showed us in those 18 games is exactly what we need at shortstop. Mm. And I think that Perry sees that and he knows that. Listen, when a- Eric Ibar came up, people weren't like clamoring for him to be the shortstop. People didn't talk about mm-hmm. him in the minor leagues. People weren't like, oh, he's like Mike Trout, where he's like, he's like that type of guy in the minor leagues people had no idea who he was and when he came up people weren't thrilled about it until they saw him play mm-hmm. and I think that that's the struggle with Levon Soto is we know what is gonna be c- coming if we signed a, like a Carlos Correa or a Dansby Swanson right we don't really know what we're gonna get with a Levon Soto and mm-hmm. I think Angel fans feel the pressure of we have to win now, we have to win now, because if we don't win now, Shohei's going to go away. Listen, we mm-hmm. don't know the in-house workings there, but what, what yeah. I'm seeing is that Perry's putting together a really strong team, and if he's building the middle of this roster, it would make total sense to have somebody like Levon Soto either back up or, if you give him a great opportunity, allow him to start because the guy held his own in the games that you let him play in last season. And he does remind me of an Eric Ibar. He does remind me of a Howie Kendrick. And it's those type of guys that you need in order to win a World Series, that you need in order to be successful. And let's not count out that if we start this season with Soto or, in your opinion, Fletcher at short, it doesn't mean that we won't make a trade before the trade deadline or at the trade deadline for Ahmad Rosario if the Guardians are out of it, right? And so it might be that we have a really strong offense now that we have Renfro and Urshela and those guys coming in and then a healthy Walsh and a healthy Trout and a healthy Rendon, we might not even notice that our shortstop is not the big bat that we were hoping for. Remember last year when we were talking about this team, we felt like Squid could be somebody that could play short and be hidden in that lineup. And Mm -hmm. for the first 50, 60 games, that was true. It actually worked. The problem was, is then injuries came in. And so Mm -hmm. I think that we can find ourselves being really successful and in the hunt by June and July with Soto and Fletcher rotating at that shortstop position. And then if we really need to go get a bat, then guess what? We have the opportunity to do that and teams are going to be desperate to trade and we'll get somebody like an Ahmad Rosario and it'll be fantastic. So I think we all just need to take a deep breath and realize that Perry's (laughs) doing a fantastic job so far and it's not exactly what we would want. And yes, there's some pieces that we might need, but remember these minor league guys have a lot of potential and we haven't seen them come through yet. And this could be the year that they actually come through for us. Do Soto's numbers in the minors concern you? Cause that's where he spent the most of his time. And what we saw at the major league level wasn't really exactly 
how he had been historically sure. in the minors. Does that concern you at all? What do you think about that? I think that you could ask that same question of Joe Adele. His minor league numbers are awesome, and look at what he's doing in the major That's leagues, fair. right? Yeah. And I think what you see with Soto is he knows what to do now that he's here. Like, th- hmm. there's a phrase in football when you score a touchdown, and th- there's all these celebrations, and of course the old school says, hey, you know, calm down on the celebrations. Herm Edwards always says, Act like you've been there, right? Yeah. Well, Soto <laughs> is the example of that. He looked like he had been there. He knows what he's doing. And so I might be overconfident in Levon Soto. One of our Locked on Angel listeners on YouTube a few days ago said, I think we're overlooking Soto. I'm with you. I think mm. that Levon Soto is a guy that we should lean on, along with Fletch, obviously with Renjifo. I know Squid is in there as well. I think we have the pieces for that middle infield to really hold it together. And if we know, need to go and get somebody, let's do it at the trade desk line instead of spending all of this money and committing all of these years to a player that maybe isn't going to benefit us like we think that he will. I'll take David Fletcher, Luis Ranjifo, Levon Soto, and Andrew Velasquez over Tyler Wade, Matt Duffy, Andrew Velasquez. Oh yeah. (laughs) I'll take that any day because that's what we rolled into last season with. And so I think between those four that coming into this season, we're in a much better position up the middle. Well, thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen today. Now for your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. They're sharing some of the biggest stories, instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. They're available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to give us a follow at Lockdown Angels on Twitter and at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. Mike, what do we have on deck for Monday's show? Well, we are going to three shows a week until pitchers and catchers report, but the thing that we are we are going to continue to do is Mailbag Monday, John. Love and it. I love that we have a hot take on Friday because it gives the listeners a chance to respond and agree with us or go nuts and disagree with us. So we would love to hear from you. We would love to hear your uh, your thoughts. So you can tweet at us. You can direct message us. Or you can even call us 714-409-6396. It's Mailbag Monday on Locked on Angels. That voicemail line will be in the episode description on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. We hope you have a great weekend. And until Monday, my name is John and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. Thanks for being here for this episode of Locked On Angels, and we'll see you on Monday.